Richard Radio begins in 3, 2, 1. I don't know. I mean, I don't know if there is or not. I don't know if there's a black and white answer. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how. Give us some men who know the truth. And who will declare the truth? And who will stand with Athanasius and Polycarp and Calvin and Luther and Whitfield and Edwards? And who will declare from the housetops that the gospel is the power of God unto salvation? It's time for Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. It certainly is a brave new world out there, isn't it? It's the Wretched Radio mail call delivery bag Q&A infotainment nationwide extravaganza featuring your voicemails, correspondences, communications, Communiques, dispatches, memorandums, and missives. Any special message for all the kids watching at home? What we need right now is a clear message to the people of this country. You have 1,200 messages. That is a bit above average. Now here's your host, Todd Freakishly Tall Friel. The mail is here! Ooh, this is Wretched Radio. What a gunny sack full of brave new world questions sent to idea at wretched.org. If you have some of those, Please send them. I'm compiling them. We will try to start sorting some of these questions that we are confronted with that heretofore we would have never imagined. The DEI business, pronouns, can I attend this? It's not just weddings. What about funerals? What about going to somebody's house for a party? There are scads of configurations of Brave New World questions. I have a slew of them right here. Do you have some? Send them to idea at wretched.org. And we are going to try to use seven questions to make our way through to figure out how we're supposed to be responding to a world that is absolutely bonkers. You can send that and pretty much anything else that is wretched to idea at wretched.org or text it to 877-282-2337. Well, we start today with a correction. Uh, we talked there. You talked. Jimmy, Jimmy. Yes. Jim, what? This is wretched. Yeah. We're a radio program. <laughs> There's no corrections well, here. This one is a correction. This is from David. Uh, we talked the other day about uh, Naaman. And uh, you, you said he, that he dipped himself in the river seven times, but it was actually, or he dipped himself in this river seven times, but you said three. You see, David. Wow. Uh, I'll just be honest. Some people clearly do not study Hebrew. You see, in the Hebrew language, if, if, if you took the time to learn these things, you would understand that in Jewish telling of narratives about Assyrian captains, it says seven, but it really in Hebrew means three. So, nice try. <laughs> Idea at wretched.org. I don't know why I said three times. I, I don't know. Right? It's just been a while since I've read this. It's a great story. In fact, I think I think I stumbled on that story. Isn't it fun when you it's you just you read the Bible so many times and then you see this thing and you go, wow, look at that. It had to have been 20 years ago. I was debating Dan Barker from the Freedom From Religion Foundation at the University of Minnesota. And I was so captured by the story of Naaman because I thought that's the key issue for the people who would be attending this debate. Because the people who like or follow Dan Barker would be atheists, at least, or agnostics. 
And the issue for the unbeliever, it is not information, especially in this day and age. It is not about knowledge. They can Google. They can find all of it. But they won't accept any of it. Why? Because the issue is not the intellect. The issue is the conscience and that they desire to continue living in sin because they refuse to bend the knee. In other words, it's a pride issue, and that's the story of Naaman. And so I use that as my opening comments at this particular debate. If you're here today, it is not because you need some sort of intellectual information that's going to cause you to go, oh, okay, I will totally ditch my entire worldview, give up all of my sins, pick up my cross, and follow Jesus. Now, that's a that's a pride issue. It's a heart issue. So it's maybe been 20 years since I've read the story of Naaman, and I, I got my numbers <laughs> wrong. Send corrections if you would be so kind. Idea at wretched.org. All right. This next question is from Naveen. Todd, I'm from India, and previously I was a habitual liar and would lie even for small, unnecessary things, mostly white lies, which didn't cause harm or damage to the people I lied to. Do I need to confess only to God or to the people also? Mm. What did you do in your life? Yeah, this is, you know what I'm, I'm thinking about Transform Season 3. I believe it was Dave, but there, he was a super nice guy. He came in to be counseled with Dr. Greg Gifford. And his problem, his struggle was habitual lying. That he had lied his entire life about everything. Hey, where were you? I was at the grocery store when he was at the hardware store. I mean, just lying, lying all the time. And he, he wanted out of this cycle. Well, what do you need to do to get out of it? Well, you need to understand why you do it. So a biblical counselor is going to take his bucket full of questions to get down deep into your heart. Is it a fear of man? Is, is it that you want people's perception of you to be greater than it is? So you just embellish, you just tweak a little bit. Is it some sort of thrill that you're seeking? Uh, is it some sort of game that you like to play? The biblical counselor is going to get in there, and you'll see Dr. Gifford do that in Transform Season 3, which is available right now at wretched.org, including study guide. If you've never seen Transformed, go check it out. It's great Bible study, great for youth group. The question, though, before us is, so you've got a history of lying. Do you need to go clean up your mess? And the answer is as much as you can. Yeah, you should. That's 2 Corinthians 7. The one who is genuinely repentant says, I got to go fix what's broken, that I broke. I gotta go, I've got to go make right what I done wrong. And so you don't turn that into the all-consuming enterprise of your life. But as you can, you should. Because you've sinned against not just God, but also against men. Now, it's primarily against God, but it's also against man. So whatever it is, you should try to make it right. And having said that, you do need to recognize that sometimes, depending on what the sin is that you committed, it's just impractical. I, I know that sounds a little squishy, but it's just impractical. You, you, you said something in third grade to somebody about something that was, you told a lie in third grade. So now you got to go find that, oh, it was a girl. So she's probably married. So I got to go figure out where she is. And it looks like, oh, it turns out she's actually in Bombay and I'm in America and she doesn't have the internet. So I guess I got to jump on an airplane, fly over there and say, I'm sorry that I called you that name and pulled your pigtails. 
It's impractical. Do it as much as you can because you desire to make it right. And I got to tell you something. It is a magnificent testimony. I've seen it. I've actually been on the receiving end of it. I think I've shared this before. When I received a check in the mail one day, when I worked for you, I stole from you little stuff, paper clips, pins, whatever. And um, I believe this will more than cover it. And I believe the amount was $42, might've been $32. And I knew what had happened. And sure enough, when I bumped to her on the street, I said, just curious why you sent that check. And she said, um, are you familiar with what it means to be born again? B-I-N-G-O, what happened? She got saved. And she cleaned it up, and we should, too. Idea at Wretched.org. All right, this next question is from David. Uh, Todd, I have a 13-year-old daughter, and I would like to find a good devotional for her and also a Bible study. She's not sure if she's a Christian. She reads her Bible daily, but not out of desire, but rather routine. It's like the alarm goes off, and it's time to read. Yeah. So when asked, she'll also tell you that she isn't sure if she's a Christian. So what do you recommend? Not sure that it would be a devotional that I'd recommend because that would, it seems to me, would be to be going down the same street, do the Christian thing while you're not actually sure that you're a Christian. So I might suggest that if you don't have the type of relationship with her where you can dive in deep, there's a reason for it. She hasn't told you yet, but she probably knows the reason. And it's probably not intellectual. Go find out. And if you can't do it, perhaps your wife, maybe because she's a she, might have more success. If not, somebody in your local church who can help you. Because the issue, the, the chief issue, based on what I just heard, is not what devotional might help her like really start to like go, oh, okay, I kind of dig this. You need to address whatever it is that is keeping her from bending the knee. Uh, sorry to to be, this is this is why I wrote. Are you a rotten fish? That w- that would be a reason. I'd actually encourage you to consider getting that and working through it with her because it tries to do a diagnostic to help people who have made something of a, of a profession of faith or they grew up in a Christian home, but now they're not walking with the Lord. They don't know that they're saved. Which, by the way, Pastor, that is a massive subject. For as many emails as I have received about the issue of whether or not to attend unbiblical weddings and what about this configuration, that that was like a hot button issue this week. I received just as many, if not more, heart cry letters, not from Paul Washer, but heart cry letters from people who are like, I don't know if I'm sitting, I've got, I've got them in a stack. We're going to probably go through them next week. I don't know that I'm saved. Well, I, I, I've done this sin. What do I do? I should be reading my bio, and I'm not doing it. It is a huge issue. We'll try to tackle that next week, but I might encourage you to consider getting Are You a Rotten Fish to work with your daughter. And, and don't come at her hard, honey. We, let, let me see if we can if we can work through this together, and, and I can help you and support you and assist you. I think that's where I'd be inclined to spend my energies. This is Wretched Radio. Might I, first of all, thank you for the hundreds of wretches 
who supported Masters Academy International last year. And if you are now perhaps intrigued by what they do at Masters Academy International, would encourage you to check them out. Yes, we're doing a Bible distribution program with them, but they're training pastors around the globe. Seminary trained students at the Masters Seminary return to their native land and they get plugged into a Master's Academy International mini seminary outlet where they teach indigenous pastors how to rightly divide the word of truth. It's brilliant. And these indigenous pastors trained at the Master's Seminary train indigenous pastors. Brilliant. It is a wonderful ministry and you could be supporting a pastor, you could be supporting a seminary overseas and you'll be strengthening the local church. You can do that at wretched.org slash pastor, wretched.org slash pastor. Hey, thanks for listening to Wretched Radio today. You know, you're the reason that we get so excited about every broadcast. Now, one of the questions you may be wondering is, what's it like on the other side? You know, we know everyone's life is a bit different and not everyone is in a place that they can contribute in the same way. And that is perfectly okay. But if you are, I want to encourage you to actually put some more thought and some more prayer and some more conversation into it. If you feel moved, if you feel led and you're in a good spot in your life right now, then we would welcome you with open arms. But hey, remember this, if you're in debt, if you're not giving to your local church, then we don't want you giving to us. When have you ever heard a ministry turn down donations? Because that's not who we are. We don't want to put any pressure or undue stress on you to partner with us. So if you're in a good place in your life right now, visit wretched.org slash donate or text the word wretched to the number 44321. Every bit of support, big or small, makes a tremendous difference. Wretched, amazing grace, amazing gospel. Record number of children are attending the Tomorrow Clubs in Africa. You should see the videos. Hundreds of kids run to meet at a Tomorrow Club in Africa. Why? Because Tomorrow Clubs, they're weekly kids meeting clubs where the kids, yep, they get some treats, but they get the gospel. They get the Bible. They get Bible memorization. Remember, we used to force our kids to do that, but now that we're oppressors, we don't want to be toxic and make our kids memorize Bible verses when it's about a gazillion times easier than when you get old. And they worship the Lord, they pray together, and they get loved on. Tomorrow clubs, I'm telling you, record-breaking. The images are so encouraging, so cool, and I would encourage you to consider being a Tomorrow Club partner. One dollar per child per month encourage you to please consider supporting the great ministry tomorrowclubs.org slash wretched tomorrowclubs.org slash wretched Books of the Bible God told Hosea the prophet to marry a prostitute to illustrate Israel's unfaithfulness to God and God's faithful love for Israel. When Hosea's wife returned to prostitution and was enslaved, he bought her back and loved her. When you are mistreated and abandoned, remember that is how you treated God. But if you turn to God, He will forgive you. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. Jimmy Hicks to the rescue. Ah! Ah! You step on something? No, I I thought it was a kidney stone, but it must have been what I said. That hurt. This is Wretched Radio, Jimmy. You can concur, you concurred with me that the father who's concerned about the salvation status of his daughter mm-hmm. should first get are you a rotten fish to work through the issue. But then you did have a devotional recommendation. Right. So I think if she concludes for sure that yes, I am a Christian, 
uh, then she should follow that up with gospel assurance. Yeah, that's a great devotional. Yeah. And, and it'll just help her to be fixed. I am telling you the perhaps number one issue that we see here, if it isn't pornography, it is the issue of assurance that people, they, they are, they're just, they don't have it sorted. They aren't exactly sure. And God doesn't want you in that position. And pastor, if you aren't preaching in such a way that you're helping people with that, m- might encourage you to consider how big of an issue this actually is. I'm thrilled to pieces that we have seen a correction in Christendom when it comes to preaching. We just did a video. I'm not sure we're going to air it because I think, imagine this, I may have been too snarky. I'm not sure my heart was exactly right because as I'm watching these pastors on Super Bowl Sunday in the church service turn their platform into a football field, they all put on jerseys and referee jerseys. And this one church made the Bible, the Bible, the word of God, the Bible looked like a football and they teed it up, and the pastrix kicked it. Ooh. Ooh, not sure we're going to air it. I might have to edit me out. <laughs> I guess I think, I, I get it. These people, they've, they've got families, and you, you don't want them to look foolish. But frankly, what they're doing is beyond foolish. And it's so juvenile. Come on, really? Are we, why are we shocked that people have such a low view of evangelicals? They see those videos, too. So we might post that. We might not be posting that, but I'm grateful that there has been a correction of that sort of nonsense. But my concern is that it's been an overcorrection, that our preaching is ultimately missing the point, that it, that it, it, it isn't to move people to love the Lord with all of their heart, soul, mind, and strength, to love the Lord with everything that they are, to to. Let your identity be fully fixed in Jesus Christ, that he is about every realm of your life. He's about every molecule in your body and in the universe to connect head to heart, to, to, to help people to understand that they, they, they are actually loved by God. And he's, he's accomplished having a relationship with human beings through the justification that Jesus Christ has purchased for us, not just so that our sins could be forgiven, but so that we can know God. And that's, I got to tell you, that people need to know that. And I, I see that as one of the big issues of our day. I was so grateful to receive a book from Moody Press. They, they, every once in a while, publishers, <laughs> they don't do it as much as they used to, but publishers will send books to radio programs. They're being sent to radio stations all the time in hopes that the host, who probably didn't do his homework and doesn't have much to say, will see a book and go, okay, we'll put that author on. And then you read the questions that are provided to you by the publisher, inevitably starting with, so what in, What inspired you to write this book? And then they do the interview without having read the book. Maybe at best the table of contents were consumed, but that's about it. So Moody sent me a book by one Nate Pickowitz. Go ahead and say it with me. It's kind of fun. And Nate Pickowitz. Do you remember? Oh, this is just going to be dumb. Frio? <laughs> Why would this be any different than anything else? Do you remember the song Miss Pickerwickle when you were a kid? I do not. Miss Pickerwickle had a baby. She named him Tiny Tim. She put him in a bathtub to see if he could swim. 
I do not. He drank up all the water, gobbled up the soap, swallowed up the bathtub, and he got a sore throat. <laughs> Miss Pickerwickle called the doctor. Miss Pickerwickle called the nurse. Miss Pickerwickle called the lady with the alligator purse. Operation, said the doctor. Operation, said the nurse. Operation, said the lady with the alligator purse. Successful, said the doctor, the nurse, and the lady with the alligator purse. Verse eight. Bye-bye, said the doctor. Bye-bye, said the nurse. Bye-bye, said the lady with the alligator purse. So I'm just wondering if there's a relationship between Miss Pickerwickle and Nate Pickowitz. Very similar. They might be cousins. Nate Pickowitz is a pastor in New Hampshire, somewhere in the Northeast. And the book that he wrote is called The Kindness of God. And I read the letter that he sent to all the stations that received this. And I, my, my, my little conservative heart just went pitter-patter because he too has been feeling something that I have been, uh, not to be overly dramatic, but burdened by. Jesus prayed that we would have joy. Joy. Not, okay, I'm, I'm placid. I'm, I'm not getting rocked very much. No, no, no. He wants you to have that, but he wants you to have more. He wants you to have joy. Where does it come from? Being in him. And so his book called The Kindness of God was written because in his letter, he explains, I just want people to love God more, to know that they're loved by him more. And I said, amen, Pastor Pickowitz, Pickawickle. Which one is he? Exactly. <laughs> Pickowitz. Oh, that's the, I think that, that could be the need of our day. So gospel assurance, also available at wretched.org. And hey, if I might, whilst, not that anybody's listening anymore, I think I lost him on verse four of Miss Pickerwickle. And I must have learned that song, what, second grade? Third, something like that? That's a baby song. I know it. And I'm not a baby. Just, 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 I'm not a baby. Don't you? I'm not a baby anymore. And I haven't sung. I haven't even thought of that song until this moment for decades. And yet it's in there. Have your kids memorize Bible verses, but they don't like it. Have your kids memorize Bible verses. They get stuck there. They bury the word of God in their brain so that it's fixed. So that one day, hopefully, they have more to say than Miss Pickerwickle had a baby and named him Tiny Tim. Have your kids memorize Bible verses. And whilst you're at the internet, tomorrow clubs, uh, they, they need more partners. That's all there is to it. Because the more partners they have, the more kids they can reach in Eastern Europe and in Africa. Here's, here's the price tag for you to reach somebody, to have a kid discipled, not hit and run evangelism, but discipled on a weekly basis as kids in these very poor communities gather to hear the gospel, to be loved on, to receive some treats. It is $1 per child per month. It's so efficient. So if you love seeing kids saved, if you love seeing churches populated, please consider $1 per child per month. And what a joy to support something like that. As you're sending in like whatever it is that you do, I'm reaching a kid with the gospel. I'm reaching a kid with the gospel where they have them memorize Bible verses and not sing Miss Pickerwickle. You can learn more at tomorrowclubs.org slash wretched, tomorrowclubs.org slash wretched. All right. Well, this question is from James. Todd, I have attended church for almost a year now, and the church has slowly become less and less biblical. Not heretical, but less and less biblical. And after a couple of chats with a pastor, he told me, if you don't have trust in our leadership, you should find a new church. 
So since then, I have attended a few other churches and have realized how much more biblical they are. But I am still fearful that the same of the same regression happening. Mm. How can I be sure a church is truly biblical? And how can I restore trust in a shepherd that when I've been let down in the past? Yep. Honestly, you're just going to have to. And the reason you can is not because you trust the shepherds, but because you trust the good shepherd. Place your trust in him. And he tells us that we need to submit to a local shepherd. So we're going to do it. And we're going to put our trust in King Jesus. That he'll keep that fellow faithful. Uh, that, that, that he won't go off of the rails. And so if, if you're struggling with that, and I get it, I would simply ask you to transfer your trust into the one who has told us you need this. This is best for you. And then we can submit to our local elders because we are trusting the good shepherd. And by the way, this is a reminder that when somebody goes to a church and it starts to get all slip sliding away, it hurts people. It confuses people. It damages people. That, that is, I, we need to remember that. When it comes to seeker sensitivity, it ain't nice. They're trying to be nice to the goats, but it ain't nice for the sheep. Idea at wretched.org. Todd, what would you say the line is when it comes to the inspection of fruit in the life of a believer versus falsely assuming? Really, Jimmy? Really? <laughs> well, you're the one who made With me. 52 seconds left. <laughs> really? Either one. Yep. Can you do it? Let's give it a go, shall we? Your local church. Your local church. Let people in your local church help you. Let them give you some sort of a, a, a score on how they see you growing. Because sometimes you might not observe it in yourself. And ultimately, you need to remember, you're never going to be producing as much fruit as you should. So rather than, um, I need to be producing more fruit. That, and I'm not producing as much fruit as I think I should. I don't think that's the right question or the right angle. It should be... How much more fruit do I want to produce? And if the answer to that is a lot, well, then you can probably stop examining yourself so much. This is Wretched Radio. And it's now time for a Wretched News Break here on Wretched Radio. I'm Jimmy Hicks. We start with the Royal Canadian Mounted Police who are looking to hire high school students who identify as women for a summer job program. Apparently, being an actual woman doesn't cut it these days. Uh, qualifications tend to go out the window when you prioritize make-believe identities over reality. Speaking of make-believe over reality, National Geographic magazine has just named a hairy man dressed in heels and a ton of makeup as one of their Travelers of the Year for 2024. This backpacker in drag calls himself Patty and is being held as a trailblazing hero for helping LGBTQ youth enjoy nature. You know, this stuff happens in all walks of life now, but I really had no idea that the outdoors were as inclusive as they were. Now, the Biden administration is wanting to declare more black veterans as mentally disabled in the name of equity. Does the fact that they're mentally disabled or not matter? I'm not really sure about that, but the justification used some rather convoluted logic about grant rates and application timing. It's almost like they're searching for any metric that shows inequality so they can cry racism. Facts? Qualifications? Ha! Who cares about those? 
And yesterday I told you about the National MS Society who dismissed a 90-year-old volunteer over pronoun confusion. Well, now they're claiming that the woman's statements did not align with their policies on inclusion, so they're doubling down by excluding a six-decade volunteer over something as trivial as pronouns. That seems pretty exclusive to me. Well, the Justice Department is suing the state of Tennessee over a law that imposes tougher penalties for prostitution if the person has HIV. They claim it violates the Americans with Disabilities Act. So not only are we trying to pretend biological men are women, but now dangerous criminal behavior can't even be discouraged if the person has a protected condition. What could go wrong with this? And the State Department has released an updated plan to push equity into all aspects of foreign policy, claiming inequality is a national security threat. <laughs> Don't you just miss the old days when you had to be competent to hold national security roles? Now it's all about diversity metrics and identity politics. No wonder the rest of the world is laughing at us. And that's been today's Wretched News Break. More Wretched Radio is straight ahead. I'm Jimmy Hicks. <laughs> Titles of Christ In the Bible, Jesus is given many titles that teach us about who He is and what He has done. Jesus is called the heir of all things. All things were created for Jesus. When Christ returns, all creation will be given to Him. And as our mediator, He makes us co-heirs and will share all things with us. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. Your Sunday school dilemma has just been resolved. This is Wretched Radio. You're scratching your head. Where can I find a really good, engaging Bible study for Sunday school? We have your answer at wretched.org. The Miss Pickerwickle Bible Study. That's right. If we can do a Taylor Swift Bible Study, ain't nothing wrong with a Miss Pickerwickle Bible Study at wretched.org slash Pickerwickle. Actually, coming up, Jimmy, I think it's two weeks. It's not Pickerwickle. It's slash purple. Do you remember a few years ago, we gave away a resource called What Time is Purple? It's an evangelistic booklet. One million copies given away. Magnificent. We sent them out for free. And we're going to be doing that again. We want to give away another one million. But here's the kicker to this. Not only do we want to do it in America, we want to send these internationally. So if you happen to be listening, wherever you are, the Philippines, Australia, in Great Britain, it's an English booklet. So the people, of course, that receive it need to be proficient in English. But we will send you as many copies as you promised to give away. We are going to be shipping pallets. A pallet is about 10,000 copies internationally. Now, in the States, you can order them by the case, which is 240 booklets. But internationally, we're going to be printing these and shipping these from port to port. So be looking for that announcement. And you're going to be able to order as many copies as you want. And that, by the way, if you're in the Philippines, we're sending them to you for free. We're paying for the boat ride. We're paying for the truck to get them to your door. We're earnest. And we would love it if you would participate in this. But you can't do it yet because currently all we have is wretched.org slash pickerwickle. But soon, <laughs> very soon, we'll be letting you know about what time is purple. Please send stuff to idea at wretched.org. All right. This is from Anonymous. Todd, my husband, who claims to be a Christian, doesn't read the Bible, nor does he think he needs to go to church. I've been seeing positive Fruits developing in him, like giving up heavy alcohol abuse and becoming a better husband. Mm -hmm. 
but he does spend a lot of time watching weird videos that seem to try to disprove the truth of the Bible. Mm. He's even told me that my NKJV Bible isn't a good version to use, though he can't tell me what a good version is. I've tried talking to him, but sometimes it turns into a fight. I don't want to quench the good things that are happening, but I don't know how to address his arrogance and get him to listen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, I can tell you, NASB, that's the Okay, that really wasn't the important part of the question. How do you interact with somebody you think maybe, but not so sure? I, I think your 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 sensibilities are correct. You don't want to you don't want to squash. You don't you don't want to dampen. You don't want to start to be critical. You don't want to start raising the bar so high that they feel like they're never going to be able to jump over it. So keep encouraging. Let that be your emphasis. Encouragement, encouragement, encouragement. And as you do that. Two more thoughts. No fighting. That's just got to go. You, you, you just should never fight about these things with your spouse. That will always take everything backwards. So you, you're going to have to control yourself and not turn these things into some sort of a row. But then finally, I would suggest this. Maybe try to figure out patiently. Remember, you and I are not our spouse's Holy Spirit. We need to let him work. Now try to provide stuff that you think would be helpful that he dig. You know, hey, watch this video. Do you, do, do you like this kind of stuff? What do you think of this? Music, a sermons, start, start feeding him those things so that perhaps you'll see more growth. And if he still is resistant to things like church, it could just be immaturity. It's not necessarily a disqualifier. Now, it could be a problem if he hates the bride of Christ. That's wrong. But it could be an education issue, or he was burned in the past, or he had a childhood experience. So you want to get in there and figure out what it is that's keeping him from being a part of the church. And then as he continues to mature, show him in the Bible about forsaking the assembling of the saints. Let the Bible do the talking and just invite him. You keep going. If he doesn't want to go, hey, I'm heading to church this morning. Would love it if you come, but I understand there's pancakes if you need them. And you go to church and you keep going to church. And you don't let his lack of desire tamper, dampen your desire to go to church because you're going to be modeling something. And one of these mornings, I wouldn't be shocked if he says, yeah, I think I'll come with you today. And won't that be a joyous day? Idea at wretched.org. And this next question is from Carrie. Uh, Todd is donating a body to a medical school allowed as a Christian. Gotta figure out a couple of things before we can answer that question, starting with why are you donating it? What are they going to do with it? And how do we determine if whatever it is that they're going to do with it would somehow be a justifiable reason for taking an image bearer's body, which is important and allowing it to be separated from itself? I don't think most of us Christians, some do, I suspect, but most of us, I don't think, have a problem with donating organs, to use your body for the good of others. I do think we should have a problem if our body is used in a way that is careless or reckless or demeaning in any way, shape, or form. So I think when we study and understand, remember, we are dualistic beings. We are body and soul. Now, the spiritual is more important. We get that leaning, but physical is not irrelevant. That's why we are actually going to have physical bodies for all of eternity. 1 Corinthians 15, you're going to get an eternal body built to last forever because the physical is not nothing. 
and especially the bodies of human beings, the world continues to try to bring us down to the level of animal. Have you noticed the slew of scientific studies? Hey, we just found out that a chimpanzee, he he shared his banana like humans do. Okay, all right. Well, Zippy maybe shared his banana, but he still doesn't have an opposable thumb. He still picks bugs off of other monkeys and eats them. We're not the same. So if the donation of the body is to go to science to potentially help people, I would say you're probably aimed in a, in a positive direction to answer that question affirmatively. You might want to know, though, is it what are they going to do when they're done? What's going to happen to it then? How do they dispose of the rest of the body? And is it possible that we could, not because Jesus is going to have a hard time putting it together if body parts are separated, but because we have a high view of man, we have a high view of the physical, uh, can you put it back together again so that it's, it's, it's going to be put into a, a container so that all the bits are there? I, I would try to pursue that. And if you conclude this is for the good of human beings, I don't think that you're sinning by doing so. Jimmy, do you think that that would be a sin? Um, yeah, I don't. I, I'm so, not. Some people I think might. So obviously, if it's a conscience issue, don't do it. And right. if it's troubling you, then you should probably not do it because that's usually a sign that your conscience, whether it's right or wrong, isn't that, isn't that kind of a like, whoa, in Romans 14, even if your conscience is wrong and it's not a sin, don't do it if you think it is a sin. Because you're going to tamper with the hardwiring of your conscience, and that is going to cause you all kinds of grief. Got an opinion on this? Idea at wretched.org, 877-282-2337. All right, this question is from Promise. Todd, can you please educate me on tithing and first fruit? Hold on. Yep. The person's name is Promise. Right. That sounds, and this isn't negative. Why is it that every time we say Puritans, we have to apologize? Well, okay, I'm not talking about like in a bad way. The Puritans, they were more joyful than I think we realize even in their strictness. Those are the names that we used to give to people, Bible names, and and, and not like Bethany. It, it would be like a name of, well, promise, long-suffering. We name children long-suffering. <laughs> you just don't hear that much anymore. All right. So I'm sorry. I was so taken by promise. What was the question? Uh, can you please educate me on tithing? Ah, yes. Tithing and, and, and first fruit. Absolutely. I think we should give our first fruits. In other words, we should give God our best from our hearts as we can. How much is that? That's up to you. Tithing is not the rule anymore. That was an Old Testament precept which totaled 23 and a third percent. Nowhere are we commanded to just give 10%. That was in the Old Covenant system with the people of Israel in that zip code at that time. Now we are cheerful givers. 2 Corinthians 8 and 9 talk about this, that we give as much as we want to give. And we should delight in doing so. It's really a shame that so many people, these prosperity hacks that have just made money such a focus. And you're going to get money, so give us money. You're going to get money, so give us money. Uh, that that we, we turn giving into kind of the, almost this embarrassed thing. Well, 
Here's an example. Why don't we pass the offering plate anymore? There might be some practical reasons, but is it because, well, we just, we know we don't want visitors to be like, hold it. Giving is an act of worship. That's what the sacrifices were about. It was an offering. It's what the first fruits were about. It is what a grain offering was about. We love you, Lord. Take this. Use this as you see fit. We'll entrust it to these earthly people, but we're ultimately giving it to you because we love you. And giving feels good. And here's a bonus. You're storing up treasures in heaven because where your heart is, that that that. That has eternal implications. If you are giving to God's kingdom now, you will be rewarded in his kingdom then. So let's maybe have a different attitude about giving. This is Wretched Radio. Are you ready to go on an adventure that tackles life's biggest questions head on? Well, we invite you to join John Fabares and Jake Ream on a riveting journey in Road Trip to Truth Season 4. This season, they're hitting the road to explore deep questions about sin, atheism, racism, and the very nature of truth itself. Through candid conversations with university students and wisdom from experts, this season delivers some unwavering answers from a biblical perspective. Whether it's understanding the reality of heaven and hell, navigating the complexities of marriage, or uncovering the truths about money and forgiveness, Road Trip to Truth Season 4 will be your guide. It's perfect for youth groups, families, or anyone who seeks to defend their faith with confidence. Road Trip to Truth has been more than a series. It's a tool for sparking meaningful discussions and inspiring a commitment to the gospel. So if you're ready to head out on a road trip, buckle up for the truth. Road Trip to Truth Season 4, available now at wretched.org slash 4. Who will speak for those who are staggering to the slaughter? Seems like right now would be a good time to encourage you to support Preborn Ministries. They're in it. It's a little complex out there with the internet and ordering pills. They're in the game. They're working hard to save babies and save mommies and daddies with the gospel. So if you are energized about life, that's something you can do. You can support Preborn. They provide free ultrasounds, despite the accusations of all pro-life clinics. They are holistic. They do care about the mommy, too. And they care for the family, and they provide training. And it is literally a way that if you have the means, you can be saving a life. Amazing ministry. Preborn.org slash wretched. Preborn.org slash wretched. Well, in a world that is undeniably cluttered with quick fixes and superficial solutions, now comes a journey into the heart of real change. I'm talking about Transformed Season 3. It's finally here, and we're inviting you into the lives of individuals that are facing the giants of fear and guilt and grief. But hey, there's a twist. These aren't your typical battles. These battles have been fought with the sword of the spirit and the shield of faith. You'll witness loneliness and overeating and relational tension met with grace, truth, and love that can only come from the one who knows us the best. This season's not just about watching others. It's about seeing yourself and your struggles and the path to true transformation through biblical counseling. We'll together dive deep into the heart of what it means to be transformed. Transformed Season 3 can be found right now at wretched.org transformed 3. 
names of God. We learn a lot about God from the names given to Him in Scripture. The first name given to God is Elohim in Genesis chapter 1 verse 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Elohim is a plural noun, but the verb created is singular. God is plural in personhood, but singular in being. The Creator God is the triune Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. We're waiting. This is Wretched Radio. Would love to hear from you with questions, comments, conundrums, snarks, stories, sermons, articles, illustrations, anything wretched. Please send it to idea at wretched.org or you can text these days to 877-282-2337. Jimmy, while we were breaking, I took a look at Got Questions and I type in organ donations. And this is what they said about being able to donate body parts or the body for the sake of science and the betterment of others. The Bible doesn't specifically address organ donation. So what do we need to do in these instances where we don't have an explicit text? We go to implicit texts or we take principles and see how they apply to this particular situation. So here's what the folks that got questions had to say would be some of the considerations. One of the most compelling arguments for organ donation is Jesus' command to love your neighbor. This is a way to love your neighbor. Even if you don't see somebody, even if it's not this kidney is going into that person and you know who it is and they can say thank you, you don't need to know who it is. If it's going to advance the flourishing of people, the health of people, then that would be loving your neighbor. God's people commanded to demonstrate a love for God that is expressed with their neighbors. Second, Jesus gave his body as a sacrifice for humanity. Since God loved us so, we also ought to love one another. Now, some people view organ donation as the ultimate form of mutilating the human body. Frequently, passages like 1 Corinthians 16, 9 through 20, 19 through 20, do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit, is the verse, are used to defend the idea that organs shouldn't be harvested. As stewards of God's creation, we should treat our bodies with respect. But, on the other hand, when Paul wrote these words, he stated, therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. In other words, that we are to use our bodies while we're still living. So I do believe that this would be a conscience issue. And this would be an issue where we can have a disagreement and you should be willing to live with somebody who doesn't agree. That is the beauty and the challenge. I, I'm, I'm pretty sure we're going to spend at least an hour on this subject, maybe not next week, but in the weeks to come, doing a deeper dive into Adiaphora. We did this a number of years ago. I'm going to go try to find my notes on all of that. But I believe that we included this in a resource called Christian Liberty. I don't, Jimmy, would you see if we even have that in the store? Christian Liberty? Yeah, I believe so. No, when is something a sin? When is it not a sin? And then when we disagree, how do we live with each other? When does it genuinely qualify for Romans 14? When you've got two parties, they've, they have marshaled their Bible verses. We've assembled ours. We can't make an agreement. When is it a sin? Or when is it ultimately a disputable dispensation? We'll do a deeper dive on that. I think that organ donation is a conscience issue, a la Romans 14. Please send stuff to idea at wretched.org. Yeah, is it still there? It is, it is. Huh, I'll be. <laughs> Who is in that, by the way? You. 
<laughs> I think Ty Blackburn, Pastor Ty Blackburn was in that. Was John Street? Uh, Phil Johnson. It was Phil Johnson? Uh-huh. Really? Yep. Huh. I want to go watch that. <laughs> <laughs> idea <laughs> sounds good idea at wretched.org 877-282-2337 okay this is from elizabeth todd i am a born-again christian and have a wonderful relationship with god i don't care for church services but my friends who go to church seem to be offended by this how do i explain that church services just don't float my boat well i don't think we should overlook your boat floating quickly um i'll, I'll let you sort it with your friends but a christian should love church. We should. Now, I'm not saying you're not a Christian because you currently don't, but I do believe that you need to reconsider your attitude toward church. And I would also say that it is possible that at some point, if you fail to see the beauty of the church, the importance of the church, and have a willingness to go, even if it doesn't, if you will, float your boat, um, that, that would be something worth confronting. Because this is actually a big deal. I, I think, think pretty worn out cliche or illustration. Jimmy, yes. I really like you. Oh, well, thanks. Yeah, but your wife. Oof. <laughs> you don't like her? Oh, not, she doesn't float my boat. Uh, yeah, you'd go, hold it, Pally. Yeah. You don't like my bride. You don't like, sorry, that, that makes a difference in our relationship. And the same thing is true with Jesus. The church is his bride. So what might you do? Well. I, I would encourage this. I would encourage you to recognize that the assembling of the saints is commanded. You've got to do it, whether you enjoy it or not. You've got to go. Second, I would encourage you to work on your heart. I would also ask you to consider, do you need to repent for your lack of love for the assembling of the saints? I would also ask you to consider doing a deep dive into your heart. What is it about people? Is it the music? What is that? Is it just, I don't like sitting that long? What's the fidgeting? What's the, uh, to find out if there's any sin there or to find out, okay, whatever it is, how can that be addressed so that it's not a stumbling block for me? Because it is important. We see this immediately when thousands of people got saved in Acts chapter 2. They got baptized, which is a public profession of faith. They get baptized, and then they were added to the church, and they hung out together a lot. By the way, Jimmy, when I was in South Carolina, Community Bible Church, I'm telling you, watching Dr. Carl Brogy, it was, it was, it was so refreshing because it, it, it's, it was like, oh, yeah, I remember this. At the end of the service, he, he did this, this general proclamation. Hey, if you're here and you are not born again, you need Jesus Christ this second. Repent and put your trust in him. And then without missing a beat or taking a breath, and then you need to do the first act of obedience and you need to be publicly baptized. Yes, we have stopped promoting baptism the way that we should. No wonder why our numbers are dwindling. We don't make a big deal of it. And we should, because it is the first act of obedience. Once you get saved, get baptized. Thinking of Justin Peters, he was in town a few weeks ago, and he was talking about church discipline. And after Jesus talked about building his church, the first command he gives, discipline in the church. Church is crucial for the believer. So to the, the late, was it a lady? That, Elizabeth. Elizabeth. Well, how do we know Elizabeth is a woman? 
I'm going to take are, it. You are so 2019. I know, I know. <laughs> I would encourage you, Elizabeth, uh, take a deep, take a look at this. Friend issue is separate. Loving the bride of Christ. That's the key. Idea at wretched.org, 877-282-2337. All right, this is from Serena. Todd, I am in high school and seriously considering a career in biblical counseling, but I'm unsure whether this path goes against the prescribed roles for women in the church. How does the Bible address this? Well, we don't have the Bible saying a woman can't counsel. It does, however, put bumpers on it. A woman can counsel women. So could you have a ministry in a local church? Yeah. In fact, we need more women as biblical. We need more men too. But women counseling women, are you kidding? But please note, this might be a bit of a challenge for you, that what we see in Titus is a woman counseling a woman about home issues, uh, that that's where her focus and delight is. So biblical counseling is going to include that perspective pretty regularly, and we need more women doing that. So I'd encourage you to get equipped. You can get certified at biblicalcounseling.com. You can get a degree at Master's University. You can get your master's degree. Hold on. Now you can get your doctoral degree in biblical counseling at masters.edu. All right, this is from Kaylin. Todd, I was recently diagnosed with a genetic disorder, and my doctor recommended I look into physical therapy as well as aquatic therapy. The only clinic that is anywhere near me with aquatic therapy, the PT, the physical therapist, is a woman who happens to be married to another woman. Is it sin for me to go to her clinic and receive treatment from her? I don't know why it would be. I, I, I can't think of a, a valid reason. If it makes you uncomfortable, well, then you would demure and find a different therapist, perhaps, or an alternative, because you're you're just not comfortable with that for whatever personal reason. Um, you know, we're if we're talking about swim therapy, the water and the revealing of the flesh, uh, you you can certainly make that decision. But I wouldn't tell you that it's a sin to receive a service from somebody who's a sinner. I know this is a special category of sin. I get that, but you can drive fifty miles further, and if you get physical therapy from somebody else. You're getting physical therapy from a sinner. We live in the world. For salt to have an effect, it must come into contact with something. For salt to perform its task of preservation and, and, of, and of containing nutrients and of enhancing flavor, it, it, it's, got, it's got to have some meat. It's, it's got to have something to work with. And the same thing is true for us. So, for the reason of being uncomfortable, then you can certainly make the decision to pass. But otherwise, let's, 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 let's remember what we're here for. Jesus didn't rapture us out the moment he saved us because he's got work for us to do. So I would encourage you, get your therapy. I hope it's super beneficial for you. And see her as your mission field. And until tomorrow, go serve your king. <laughs>